Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 27th. And I don't know about you guys and gals, but isn't the anticipation just fucking killing you? Because we know, you know, just like the monsoons, we know it's coming. And, you know, if you're paying attention to any of the economic shit, you know, in reality, like if you're listening to Greg Manorino or Cheryl Salente, um, Peter Schiff, they're talking about the economy kind of like we would talk about the weather. We can tell from all the forecasts and everything that it's, it's, it's going to snow. There might be a, a tornado or a hurricane or whatever. You know, like this year in Arizona, especially my part of Arizona, we're really, you know, anticipating the monsoon season. And normally it's already, you know, here in full swing, but it started like a little bit later. I think it was last week where actually the monsoon started in earnest, you know. So every day we get a little bit of rain. It's, you know, two-tenths of an inch or whatever, but it's it's there. My wife's uh, softball game was called last night because, you know, it, it had just dumped so much rain on the, on the field, even though it wasn't raining and there wasn't any lightning. It was still, you know, everything was wet, wet, wet. So they called the game. So, you, you, you base that on, you know, economic news based on the same indicators you would with the weather or anything else in life. So, I'm waiting for this end of the world. And I don't mean it like the end of the world, like Armageddon, you know, kind of shit or zombie apocalypse kind of shit, but... Just a, a total breakdown and collapse of uh, life in general. You know, the way we do it, the tea out walkie kind of thing is, I guess, what everybody calls it. You know, the end of the world as we knew it. Well, we always forget that the word we really means you and I also. We are part of the we. You are part of the we. Your neighbor down the street who's a douchebag is part of the we. So the end of the world as we knew it. Well, I knew the world to be a certain way, just as you knew the world to be a certain way. And so when it ends, it ends kind of differently for all of us. You could you could be successful contractor in your niche and you break your leg. And because you don't have a million-dollar crew out there, you know, just churning out work and money, you're part of that. You have to be there hands-on. You're part of the service economy. And you, you get hurt where you can't work for, you know, three or four weeks because you're in the hospital. And then when you go home, you know, there's therapy and, and stuff to where you're really out of that loop. And if somebody can't run it for you because you were, you were the cornerstone of that economy, then all of a sudden 
your business tanks. Everybody's like, oh, I'm really sorry. All your customers are like, that really sucks, Mark. You know, sorry to hear anything I can do for you. It's like, yeah, you could keep giving me work and we'll keep getting it done. And it's like, well, you know, you were a vital part of it. You know, I would need to be able to sit down with you with these plans and blah, blah, blah. So it starts to slide off the map. And any of you that have been totally self-employed you know, employed in the construction industry know that if you, if you say, well, I'm going on vacation for two weeks, that's a bad word. Say vacation, the V word, very bad. So then they just go, okay, well, you know, enjoy Tahiti. They might even be jealous, like, F you, dick. I don't get a vacation. You must not be serious. And so when you come back, you're like, hey, where's all the work? It's like, well, we didn't think you really wanted to work. You know, you were more concerned about your vacation, you know, than my job, which is more important to me than anything of you're doing. So it, it slows down, slows, because people have attitudes. So I learned never to use the vacation word. I just say, I got this big killer job that I'm going to be doing in Maui for two weeks, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep in touch. You know, if there's anything you need done, I just have to be there. It's, it's, a, it's a great, you know, stepping stone for my business. And then they're all like, that's awesome, dude. You know, keep me in the loop and. We got this project coming up. Uh, do you mind if I call you while you're there and, you know, talk to you about it? No, not at all. I mean, it's, it's a work thing I got to do, but no different than if I was working, you know, across town on another job. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. See, then, then you go on vacation for two weeks. You're still talking and answering the phone because you don't want to let them know that, you know, your wife and kids are playing and waiting to go to Disney World. So, it... it when things happen to you, you know, it just inherently slows down. Everybody might feel really, really bad for you. But uh, <laughs> they're going to quit giving you work because their business is running at peak, you know, output and performance also. And as much as they wouldn't mind a, a you know, a cog in that wheel of theirs slowing down, they might not want to, you know, take that chance. So in prepping, it's the same way. And in life, it's the same way, you know, and in the end of the world, it's the same way. Everything has a ripple effect that changes everything. So when I say the end of the world as we knew it, I meant the end of the world as you knew it. And your end may be completely different. But overall, the ginormous immensity of our economy and uh, everything that goes on could come to a screeching halt. Halt. Halt? Yeah. As we knew it. But when it affects everybody's world, then that becomes the we. And, and it takes time. And it slowly... You know, there's a storm cloud over there and lightning over that away. And, you know, in the other state, there's funnel clouds forming. But, and you just know that the weather, the monsoons, whatever it is, are coming. Just don't have a clue when. But it's that time of year. So that's a predictability that you can kind of say, 
I know during the summer months into September, we will have monsoons. Don't know the exact days it will rain like a motherfucker and the other days that the sun will actually shine like today. I mean, it's shiny. It's nice out. It's uh, 77 degrees right now at 8 o'clock. Um, normally, it'd be 90, but it doesn't mean it's going to rain. And I learned from a, a, a weather person, personality I used to talk to. He said, well, you know what we say 10% of rain that's talking about in that area, like, say, Cochise County. It will rain somewhere in that county, and water will fall on 10% of the dirt. That's what that really means. Because, you know, so you think that where you are, there's a 10% chance of rain. And that's kind of true. But the reality is there's probably a 90% chance of rain right underneath that cloud that's just dumping rain right now. But that's really only 10%. So you can't bank on it. It's not like reality. So the monsoons are hard to predict. They're hard to understand. And they apply to something that happens every year. Well, how do you predict a collapse? Because I've always looked at the economy and the world and the way things are and everything as... Like a soundboard. Like you, you, I used to watch this show called The Newsroom. Ah, I can't remember who was in it. It, it was good. It was drama. You know, it's kind of an interesting look behind the media and all the producers and all that. And, you know, if you've seen any of the other movies like that, there's that big that room with just like humongous amount of sliders and little gauges, kind of like a mixing board from hell. They understand it. I do not. And sometimes there's two, three tiers of that, like boom, boom, boom. Everyone handling their thing. And there might be 20 engineers at each one. Like a, like a recording studio for music. We've all seen that in you know, videos and shit. Well, look at uh, America and the the... the the way it functions, the way it rolls down through time as this big, humongous, 25-mile-long, you know, fucking mixing board, control panels. And there's every aspect of our economy and our life and our world as we know it. And so you'll be listening to an economic guy going, this is terrible, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And look, it's already started. Well, what that means is some technician on that control panel is like dealing with it, like little micro adjustments. And if you just look at that, you're like, holy shit, he better turn that up or he better turn that down. And you don't realize that right, you know, 20 feet away from him is another guy that deals with similar things. And he's like, hey, Bob, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. And then you turn that up and we'll balance out the the noise to fucking whatever ratio it's like so there's 10 or 15 really good smart people fucking with all those little gauges and then it seems to straighten out you're like whoo that was a near miss well see on that 25 mile long mixing board it wasn't even a hiccup nobody even fucking knew it that bob and frank and mary over here were like pulling their hair out for a couple days 
It's like, there, got it. Woo! So it's hard when we look at the, the, the tiny, tiny little macro or micro aspects of this thing called our life in America. There's a lot going on. And that's why I talked a while back about no matter what direction you look, we're standing on thin ice and, and, and there's water all around us and a few little pathways that normally we would take and they're sinking or got water you know, on them or they're so thin that you know, it wouldn't hold your weight and you're like, holy fuck. Now that doesn't mean that just because you're 360 degrees of understanding are really that fucked because there's that mixing board so far out you can't even see it. And people are tweaking and adjusting. Now in a in a in a sane world, what that would mean is all those engineers, economists, uh, thinkers, think tanks, builders, whatever is part of that economy, engineers would be working to keep it sounding perfect. But that's not their job. Their job is just to keep it from crashing. You know, keeping some dumb fuck from walking in and and tripping on the extension cord that runs the whole fucking thing and shutting it off. Just boom. You know, (laughs) because now you're down to three or four backups and if they collapse, boom. See, so they're, they're... they're not really running it for you and I's best interest. Not anymore. You know, maybe not for 80, 90 years. Because, see, when FDR started dicking around with the popular vote and electing senators and representatives, you know, that caused some, you know, hiccups in that big mixing board that was maybe only 10 miles long back then. You know, and somebody's like, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. And normally the people doing this and that, little gauges and stuff, and, it, and keeping the feedback loop from you know, hurting your ears, that would be, back then, would have been the, all the Republican Party, all the Democrat Party, all the independents, all the thinkers that understood the purpose of the Constitution, why it was set up that way. They didn't, they didn't do nothing. They're just like, oh, you want to you wanna flatline this over here and do that? Well, here. We'll do that, and we'll do that, and we'll do that. And then, boom, it's done. Nobody said, well, wait a minute. You can't do that because over here, it's going to cause all these problems. Like, they'll fix it. And sure enough, everyone did their job, and they kind of fixed it. The reality is that we don't notice as Americans is that the sound quality, the harmonic distortion that it created became a new normal. So when you hear it, it's just like, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and some of them first albums that came out were recorded in England and they had different sound studios and different ways that what to them sounded awesome. Well, over over the years, see, it's, you know, it's become different. Like I talked to a sound engineer, actually had one of them rooms in his basement in his house in Scottsdale. And he had worked on the uh, Def Leppard uh album Hysteria. So he had platinum records on the wall because he worked on one fucking song. This guy was like pretty well off. I was like, man, I'm in the wrong business. And, and you know, he's like, well, you know, uh, 
they had me work on this song because they needed a certain specific sound that I'm I'm known for. See, so the realities of what once was music and what is now music is different. The sound coming out from a a really good and well-produced rap artist is different than hip-hop used to be. And, and, and so they all sound good. You know, you might not like the lyrics and you might not like that type of music, but that doesn't mean they're not pump, you know, pumping out really, really good music. And that bass note that you think is annoying because some guy's got big speakers in the back of a stupid car and the windows are rattling... But to, to that person, it sounds really great. So to the Democrats right now, this feedback loop sounds really great to them. And they'll continue to, to fuck with all the tweaks and stuff. Now, we weren't meant to have a sound panel that big in America. You know, it was supposed to be very simple. And the sounds were supposed to be quite organic and natural. Like nobody's tweaking the sounds of the birds in my backyard in the morning or at night, making all them cute little sounds. No. See, it was just meant to be natural and organic. So the world has changed dramatically. And so to, to, to pinpoint and go, tomorrow at 3 p.m., it's all going to fall apart. That dumb fucker's going to walk in and trip over that main extension cord, fall up against that breaker, pour his coffee on the big panel, and everything's going to short out. And because we just don't have enough redundant backup circuits, it's just going to crash. Well, you don't know when that guy's going to walk in and spill his coffee. The one person that should have known that you never take, you know, drinks into that room didn't know. Or is going to damage that one circuit that really is doing more than it should have. That that one breaker is going to pop. That one, that one system is going to fail. Because everything fails. It's not, you know, a sign of poor planning or weakness. It's just that everything fucking fails from time to time. It's just the ghost in the machine. The fly in the ointment. So... We don't know. We can, you know, like you can, you can, you can put your feelers out there and you can try to monitor in a very loose way the 25 miles of that mixing board because it still is broken up into segments. You know, it might be the housing economy, the this, the that, the blah, 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 blah. And that's what politicians should be paying attention to it. And unfortunately, they're paying attention to it quite well. So... How many aspects would you say are there in this control panel? Like if you were going to break it up into like a hundred different parts or you're going to try to condense it into maybe, you know, the economy and, and, and the people, the way they think and the media and, you know, these the, the, the control groups. And then you might have that one big portion of the, 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 the mixing board is the economy. But now you want to break it up into... You know, banking, investments, stock market, gold, silver, palladium, precious metals, foods, whatever. And so you, you, you're going to do it in a way 
that makes sense. But, you know, you, you or I in the world of things are not going to really understand how big even that one little thing is that we've divided it up into. Because, like, you know, we might have made that just the economy section of the recording studio 10 miles bigger than it used to be. So we got more little adjustments we can do to it. Now, eventually, because of chaos, it doesn't matter how much order you assign to this system. We're just kind of trying to nudge or in some chicken shit fashion manage the chaos. Because whether we think we're in charge of it or not, it's still chaos. You know, you call it the Big Bang Theory or, or order out of chaos and chaos out of order. Whatever you want to look at it as, you know, it's real. It's there. And all of a sudden, a black swan, an outlier, a thing can happen within that, that chaos that you know, what is controlled to chaos. And all of a sudden, one thing sets off another that sets off a chain reaction that all of a sudden, you know, because Bob and Frank did that one little thing, thinking they were doing the right thing, it collapsed the whole system. And that's the, that's the, that's the anomaly. That's the outlier that, you know, you, you never saw happening, the black swan event. And, and we're all smart enough to know that it's probably pretty close because we can look at the, the leaders. I call them leaders only because it's the leaders, you know, what we elect that don't do shit for us. The people we elect to, you know, feather their, you know, nests and line their pockets with, you know, lobbyists and stuff. We pick them and then they go, here, go get rich. And while you're at it, Try to take care of me. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we don't know when that, that black swan event will happen. We can look. And just like watching the weather, we can hope that, you know, Grandpa's sciatica, you know, is accurate this time. You know, got the rheumatism. Yep, it's going to rain today. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, maybe he's right. Or maybe you just never listened to him and he was right 100% of the time or maybe only 5% of the time. Don't fucking know. So we can safely predict that stuff's going to happen, but that puts us in a reactive kind of state of mind. And what I've been trying to say for my whole seven years of podcasting is, you, you have to be able to look at that reality of that mixing board and go, how do I become, you know, proactive in this? How do I prepare for every fucking thing without going bankrupt and being that person that's just got way too many fucking, you know, gear for biohazard and nothing for fucking famine, you know? So we, they could be controlling the, controlling the collapse very slowly. 
And so, your own food? Sure, good idea. Your own water? Yeah, awesome. How about some medical first aid gear? Great idea. How about nuclear fallout? Could happen. How about just a total financial collapse? Yep. See, you have to have like, you have to in your life have your mixing board set up to where as things happen that we perceive through our headphones as we're paying attention, go, ooh, I need to tweak that. It looks like we're going a little bit more off into the economic, uh, you know, dark zone. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll take some of my investments and make them, you know, uh, turn them into gold or silver. Not as liquid as I would like, maybe with bitcoins or stocks, but definitely more secure because no matter what happens to the economy, I still have a pile of silver. You know, um, what about ammo and guns and all that? It's like, yep, got it. You know, now if you see something where the prices are dropping precipitously for some weird economic reason on ammo or guns or what something you've really always wanted, then then buy one or two. You don't become an, a guns and ammo fucking prepper. You just go, oh, look, I can, I can take some of this over here, this gold and silver I have way too much of, uh, and, and get some more ammo. The guy at the gun shop is looking into getting into silver. I've got lots more than I'll ever need. And for I bought it to be liquid for, for barter. So he's willing to exchange, you know, four ounces of silver now because of whatever uh, to get it, you know, kick-started. He's got this AR he built a long time ago and, and just got super deals on it. And you know what? He'll take 10 ounces of silver. Well, that's maybe... 10 ounces, that might be 200 when you bought it. Now it's maybe 800. So he's happy, you're happy. See, because you, you can't predict the moment or the day. That's probably why God said you can't predict you know, the day I show up. Because he doesn't even know. Maybe there's just some arbitrary thing that he goes, well, you know what, when, it, when we get to that point, I'll, I'll consider it. You know, I got my master plan here, but you know, it's, it's not... You know, it's not a list of things that are going to happen on Monday. It's just going to happen. You know, he's not a micromanager. He's just like, let's wait and see because I got all these souls that have to go through the refiner's fire or whatever. You know, there was a gust of wind. It wasn't uh, hot enough to melt that. So I'll wait another week, which in God terms could be another, you know, 7,000 fucking years. So you don't know. And to think you know is just really kind of fucking stupid actually you know to go oh i know i got that memo from god because god maybe didn't even know when he was showing up he's busy he's got shit to do he might be all present and all wise and all powerful but that doesn't mean he just like that gust of wind came along and cooled the refiner's fire for a day or two he's like oh, no big deal i've got plenty on my plate i'm eternal i've got a lot going on that can wait another couple of days. So people that think they know are, are fools, and and if and if you and if you really listen to good e- economists and people that talk about the markets and stuff, all they're doing is like weathermen. They're going right now. There's a high pressure zone. Look out in this area because it's coming this way, and you're going to get rain. Well, what if you fucking don't? So what? You know. 
that was there was a high pressure, a high pressure zone. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, that high pressure zone does cause rain here. If and that if is where is the in the gray that we live. The if. So anticipation, you know, is kind of killing me, just like everybody. It's like, ooh, when's it going to happen? You know, I, I, I used to, in the 80s, I used to, you know, there'd be an earthquake in California because I used to work in California. I lived in Arizona, but I'd worked in California a lot. And, uh, you know, probably 10 months out of the year. So I was always paying attention to it. And I was always a sick and twisted prepper into the world fuck anyway so it's like oh i wonder if that's the big one i was actually bummed out when it wasn't the big one because i was waiting for it to slide off into the fucking ocean and be gone you know because it was fucked up back then too even though it was beautiful i wanted my beachfront property in in yuma so why not never happened right see so all you can do is watch and 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 you have to play the game like they do they have their mixing board. They have their way of thinking to where they can adjust and change and tweak their reality. And, and we have to do that, too, because the simple fact is it may end tomorrow. We may wake up tomorrow because there was a solar flare. Or Russia just got tired of our shit and our meddling in their fucking business and went, fuck off. Or Russia, China, and the BRICS Plus, you know, created their own, you know, Reserve currency, which they already have. They're already using it. It's just still not switched over. They haven't flipped off life support for the petrodollar. But they have it. It's already ready. They're already using it. They're running billions of dollars through that every month in their reserve currency, checking it out, making sure it works, test driving it. And, and, you know, tomorrow they might just go, all right, flip that switch. I, I, they call it something. There, there's, a, there's a master plan, an evil, you know, Dr. Evil plan going on. Even though they're not evil, they're actually just being self-preservationists. They know that the petrodollar is collapsing because we've run up way too much debt. And therefore, uh, you're not going to accept a check from that crackhead, you know, that's still acting like he's in charge but you know he's just, he, he's going to spend that money in his account and your check's never going to fucking clear. So they're, they're looking at it that way and they're not really an evil plan, but they call it something like, you know, the, the something effect, kind of like, you know, during your Wanda, you know, when you heard the, the guy on the radio station say, cut the tall trees, that's when it happened. You know, they went out and started genocide. So there's a... a term or a code word or something that when it happens in these countries like you know a hundred nations have all decided yeah once you got all the bugs worked out you tell us and we'll switch because it has to happen you know kind of within a day or two you know that's why the big guys that we're not really paying attention to because fuck china and fuck russia and fuck brazil right because we're america asshats think they're gonna hurt us we're the reserve currency of the world. We got the petrodollar. Well, you know what? Saudi Arabia is already getting protection from China and Russia. They don't need that old Brenton Woods agreement where we would protect them from the bad guys because they're so rich now. They're getting their own protection. They've hired their own secret service. Fuck you very much. So it's already happening. When that flip 
when they flip that switch, will it do what everyone says it will do? Don't have a fucking clue, really. You know, will everything collapse or will it just be something that, you know, Tony and Mary over at the other end of the the, the control panel for the economy might go, got it, ha <laughs> ha, knew it. We were dialing back for it all along. <laughs> and then their supervisor go, good on you, man. You guys caught that right at the right moment. Well, it wasn't the right moment. We just had to wait for them to flip the switch to where we could negate it. You don't know. You don't fucking know. But, you know, top economists are saying if and when that day happens, our checking account gets closed. You know, you, you can't. You know, you can sit there and think, well, I got this credit card. Not if when you put it in the ATM, it keeps it. And it goes, uh, I have to cut this up. Bye. Call your bank. Go fuck yourself. So what that will do, don't have a clue either. And anyone that says they know are lying to you. So you have to be the one at your control panel to know what you need to do. And it's very small, it's very macro or micro or whatever the fuck it is. I guess micro is the smaller of macro. Oh, well, whatever. So you have to know, well, if this happens, can I pull from my reserves? Can I, can I, if I break my leg and I'm laid up for six months and my business flat out slides off a cliff, I have food, I have money, I have silver, I have options. I have, you know, a couple friends. They're gonna, they're gonna bring me into their business. I'm not gonna die. Is it gonna be fucked for my business? Oh yeah, my business will cease to exist. I personally will not. And that's how we have to look at prepping. So before I get to where I gotta go to get some food, food, um, I wanted to say I'm gonna try to start something with uh, Contra Radio Network, CRN. My buddy John Jeffers, um, Don Lowry, and uh, he started a new podcast called End Times Prepping. Uh, you can catch that on uh, CRN.best, and it's on Podbeam and stuff. And and, uh, and to me, we're the three kind of the, I mean, even though John Jeffers really started and, and is in control of Contra Radio Network, um, you know, we still are working on, you know, helping him with it. So long story short, um, I'm thinking of doing a, a, a preppers.roundtable type YouTube channel because I've been watching some really good roundtable discussions from uh, uh, Gonzalo Lira. And, you know, he just talks to people and it goes on for a couple hours and they talk about things because they're all really good at what they're talking about, whether it's war or military or economy and stuff. And I'm thinking, need to do that with uh, prepping, you know, to have discussions like what I'm talking about. You know, wouldn't it be nice if there was the devil's advocate or the smarter guy's advocate saying, well, Mark, that might be true, but. And then it just becomes a two-hour conversation and it's over. And I'm thinking maybe three to four people on the panel each time different you know so the first one i'd like to do with uh you know don and and john and me just to discuss the whole premise of the the round table and then uh you know uh 
CRN has some really great people on their lineup that talk about prepping in different ways, different outlooks, different thoughts, whether it's the religious prepper or the, the, the you know, the, the Matt Graham type prepper that's just like, I'm just going to go live in a cave and I'm going to be great. I'm going to do so much fun shit, you know, so you get all that input. So let me know at uh, mark at prepper com, or uh, I don't really like the comments on uh, Podbean, you know, because then I have to load the app and half time my phone's like deleting the app because I run out of memory or whatever the fuck. So it would really be cool to have, you know, a better way of communicating and so that's why I'm trying to start this YouTube channel. And as long as we don't get, you know, fucking thrown off of YouTube like like I did for just the prepper guy, you know, was uh, kind of for no reason other than I was talking about vaccines and science from scientists. It's like, channel, gone, fuck off. So we'll see. Anyway, mark at prepperguy.com. Prepper guy is all one word.com. So send me your thoughts. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up and order me a couple sausage McMuffins with egg. Talk to you later. Um, you guys all have a, a great week ahead. Love you. Bye-bye. We made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.